0: that I'm about to receive will enable me and empower me to make Jesus famous in my everyday life. You may be seated. Open your Bible to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I encourage you if you haven't been with us on the previous Wednesday nights to go to our podcast or go to our website and download those messages so you can see where we're heading. It seemed in October that the Holy Spirit, especially on Wednesday night, had been preparing us for 2018. And part of the thing that we gave instructions, I sent the email blast out for the whole church to do so as well, was to pray the Ephesians 1 prayer three times a day for the rest of the year. That's part of our homework. And we taught on two weeks ago, what is that prayer? And so I encourage you to listen to that message. And we are kind of pick up in that same vein tonight, Psalm 37, verse 23. Psalm 37, verse 23. It says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. We're only going to cover the first part of that verse. Maybe we get to the second part next week. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When I looked up that word ordered in the Hebrew and the translations, it's also translated as established or prepared. So I looked up what is the word establishment? And means having been in existence for a long time, and therefore recognized and generally accepted, or set up. Your steps have been established. They've been in existence for a long time. They've been set up for you. The word order also means arranged. Your steps have been arranged, but they've also been prepared. There are steps. Goings and paths that God has arranged and prepared for you. When we say the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, sometimes we take the mentality that means, well, no matter what happens, wherever I go, if I'm good, that means God has ordered my steps. But the verse did not say that. It says, Your steps are prepared, there are steps that are directed, it doesn't mean you're going to follow those steps. People like to think of religious saying, well, if it happens, it's the will of God. No, the will of God is not automatic. It's very clear in the Word of God that certain things are the will of God, and certain things aren't the will of God. It talks about being thankful and grateful is the will of God. Now, is everybody thankful and grateful? No. Is everybody in the church thankful and grateful? No. So all the people being ungrateful, is that the will of God? No. This is the will of God that all men be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. Is everyone saved? No, is everyone growing the knowledge of the truth? No, the will of God is not automatic. The steps of a good man are prepared and established and arranged of the Lord. So that means there could be steps for your life, for example, are going down this center aisle. God has prepared steps for you down this aisle. God has ordered steps for you down this aisle. God has arranged steps for you down this aisle, but you and your happy self, is walking down this aisle. Hey, everybody, how you doing? What's up? How you doing over there? And you think you're good and say, oh, my steps are ordered by God. Yes, they are, but you ain't walking them. So there, maybe there are things we run into because we're not on the path God has called us to be on. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. It just means you're not walking out what God has for you because you're on this path. So the title of tonight's message is Walk It Out. Walk it out. East side has to walk it out. West side has to walk it out. You have to walk it out. God has steps prepared for you. God has steps arranged for you. God has steps prepared for you. But if you can't see them, more than likely you will not walk in them. There are people who stumble into the will of God. They accidentally tripped into their purpose. And praise God for mercy that people tripped into what God called them to do. Dad Hagen said it this way. Some people live and die and never get into phase one of their calling. They never even make it to that center aisle. When God has prepared and established steps for you. Go to Ephesians 1. One of the things the Lord had laid on our hearts in October, November through, some of the things he said, and then some of the things he said two weeks ago through tongues and interpretation of tongues. Some of the things we see that will be very important for us even now, but especially in 2018, is do you know where to look? Because he talked about the things that people are believing to see in 2018, they won't see them if they look in the wrong place. It'll happen, but they won't see it. And they think, well, I guess it wasn't this type of year for me. No, it was. You just didn't look in the right place. So one of the things the Lord has, has focus on this year and we're focused on even more next year is God's plan and purpose and vision for your life. You have to know where you're going and you have to know where to look. You have to know where you're going and you have to know where to look. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 16 is the beginning of the prayer that we're praying for ourselves three times a day. Paul says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. We defined previously that wisdom is correctly applied knowledge. We said that revelation means a disclosure or a revealing. So imagine a curtain being pulled back, revealing a stage. It is also an enlightening. We said this word knowledge meant recognition, full discernment, or fully being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. It is perception. It is acknowledgement. The Amplified Classic Edition says the deep and intimate knowledge of him. The Message Version says to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. So he said, this knowledge is not knowledge gained by only studying, but a knowledge that also comes from an intimate relationship of knowing someone personally. So Paul is praying that we will have full disclosure and be able to grasp and perceive the intimate knowing of God personally, and that we'll be able to correctly apply that knowledge. We said, this is a prayer that upgrades our spiritual perception and insight. There are some things you get from walking with God closely that you won't get no matter how many degrees you have, no matter how many tests you take to find out about yourself. There are only some things you'll understand if you walk with God. There are some steps you will only see if you walk with God closely because you won't see the steps because you're looking at the wrong thing. So we said this prayer upgrades your spiritual perception. This is one of the reasons we said you should pray this for yourself three times a day. Now, we're faith people. We believe when we say amen, we got it. But how many know even if your spiritual perception just upgraded, it, it needs upgrades upgrade some more. So this is a prayer you should pray for on a continual basis, that your understanding is continually enlightened. And remember we said it's the knowledge of him, but when you go on in that prayer, In verse 18, it says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling or the expectation of his invitation. How many of you want to know what God expects from you? Not just what he says in the Bible, you should do this, you should not stay away from this, but your everyday individual life. It would be great if the Bible says, chapter and verse, you should buy this house, you should invest in this stock, you shouldn't date that person. You should stay clear from that person. How many know that would be great if you had chapter and verse? Someone comes up to talk she's like, no, you're crazy because Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 says so. <laughs> that would be great, but it's not there. That comes from your relationship with the Holy Ghost. That comes from your spiritual perception, being able to see and perceive because you walk with God. Spiritual perception doesn't make you spooky. It just gives you insight. Spooky people don't have spiritual perception. they just spooky. What's the difference between spooky people and spiritual people? Power. Because spooky people ain't got no power. Now, some people are a little eccentric and there's a little flesh involved. But if they got power, you're usually willing to excuse some of the eccentricities. But if they're always spooky and nothing they ever say comes to pass and there's no results of the Holy Ghost in their life, you're like, okay, they are what the Bible calls the weak-minded. And Paul says how you're supposed to treat them and love them and pray for them and go, God bless you, your darling heart and your stupid head, but God bless you anyways. Your spiritual perception is not going to make you spooky, and it's not going to make you look down on people because your spiritual perception comes from the spirit of love. The only reason you look down on someone is if you're trying to help them up. Because if you get to a point and you get spiritual perception and you begin to look down on people, you're entering into pride. And one day, you're going to cross over from perceiving things by the Spirit of God, and then you start perceiving things by spirits of hell. And they're going to take you on another path of pride that will lead you to destruction. Some people start out correctly hearing from the Holy Ghost, but they get full of themselves. They get so full thinking, oh, it's me, not the Holy Ghost. Look what I did, look what I knew, look what I saw, look what I said. And they leave the path of the Holy Ghost and they get on their own path where Satan's waiting to trip them up. You have to maintain your spiritual perception from a point of humility. I was going through my notes because we're packing and putting stuff away and I was going through some of the old notebooks I had. And I found one notebook from 11 years ago when I interned at this church during the summer. And so, one of it I saw a group of notes was from a conversation I had with Pastor Andre. It wasn't a message; it was, we were just talking. And he began. He in the paragraph, he was saying these are two things you need to focus on. I was 19 at the time. There were two words. He says humility and purity. That's what you need to pay attention to. And then he said the statement. He used these examples says, you'll get to a point when you're at the top of what God has called you to do. Don't get full of yourself. Stay humble. Stay with humility. Because one of the things is if you get full of pride, your vision gets cloudy. You think you're heading the right way. Because no one willingly heads to destruction. No one's going to be like, yep, I'm going to jump off that cliff today. But pride will blind you. So just because you have spiritual perception and it increases, stay humble. What is humility? Walk according to the word. What is humility? Acknowledge where it came from. I'm just so grateful for the Holy Ghost. I'm so grateful he's the one who told me. All glory goes to Jesus. Yeah, that was great. But you don't keep the credit for yourself. You can receive a compliment, but you don't let it go to your head. Watch out for pride. Watch out for thinking it's you. the knowledge of him, the expectation of his invitation, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. All of those things are part of the knowledge of him. And so when you're praying praying that Ephesians 1 prayer, you're beginning to understand that more and more, and what power is available to you. And how you can apply it to your everyday life. As a pastor, I cover different topics. There's some things I'll preach to make sure your theology is right. Then there's some practical subjects to make sure your living's right. Then there's some prophetic things so you can know from things that are coming. There's different messages that you have to cover. And one of the things in these things so you can apply it is your perception has to be right. Because everyone can read the scripture, even hear it preach, but they don't get it. Perfect example is Jesus walked with the disciples for three years, not just the 12, but other disciples that around them. He told them multiple times, I'm going to die, but on the third day, God is raising me up. Y'all be prepared. I'm going to die, but I'm going to get up again. He begins to say, I'm going to suffer at the hands of the Gentiles, of the Jewish leaders. I'm going to die. And Peter begins to rebuke him. And Jesus gives Peter a new nickname. Just leave behind me, Satan. And he keeps going, but the disciples, when Jesus died, they scattered. They didn't know what they're going to do. Mark Hagen says it this way: There's no one at the tomb with a welcome back Jesus sign. They didn't expect him to rise from the dead. The first one who believed was John, and the women. They believed, but the other disciples doubted. But you read when Jesus appeared to them, there's a phrase that says he opened their understanding. So just because you read it or hear it doesn't mean your understanding is opened. But if you're praying this Ephesians 1 prayer, your understanding will be opened. You'll get it. Not just I received it, but it clicks. I got it. So this is something you're continually after every day of your life. Let's look at chapter 2 of Ephesians. Because it talks about when God raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above everything, put everything under his feet. And then it says, verse 1, And you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein the time past you walked or lived according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works on the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation or lifestyle, in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath even as others but god who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together and made us alive with christ by grace you are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in christ jesus in other words when god raised jesus up he raised us up too When God set Jesus at his right hand, he put us there too. So positionally and in authority, we are at the right hand of God right now. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Do you know what God wants to do for the rest of eternity? Show off. That's what he wants to do for the rest of forever forever to show off his goodness, to show off his graciousness, to show off his kindness. That is the will of God for you. God wants to show off in your life. Because it's not just the ages to come, the millennium. This is an age to come. So from now till forever, God wants to show off. Toward us through Christ Jesus, for by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. You didn't earn it. Not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship. He made us. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. That word ordained means prepared beforehand. So there are steps that have been prepared beforehand, And there's good works that God has prepared beforehand for us. They're all located in Christ Jesus, at his right hand. And they're prepared for us. There are things that are prepared for you that you may never access your entire life. Think about it this way. Someone could be left an inheritance of millions of dollars, but die of starvation. If they never access their inheritance. If they never make a withdrawal. Right. There's so many people doing without because they never access what God laid up for them, and a lot of people never access it because they can't see it. You might say, "Well, if it's in heaven, how am I supposed to see it?" God expects you to see it. Go to Colossians three. Colossians three, verse one. It says, if you then be risen risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We're supposed to focus on things that are above, things that you cannot see but belong to you. Because the thing is, if you never get perception of it, you're never receiving. There are millions, billions of Christians that believe in salvation, but they don't believe in healing. So since they don't know it belongs to them, they'll put up with any sickness or disease that comes their way. There are many that believe in salvation, but don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So they get the benefits of salvation, but they miss out on the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's many that believe in salvation, but they don't believe that God will lead you in your everyday life. So they live guessing where they could have the Holy Spirit guide them. There's many that believe in salvation but don't believe in prosperity. They believe they have to struggle to get by. They believe in the sweet by and by, everything will be better. So yes, they're going to heaven, but they miss out being prosperous on earth. There's so many different things people miss out on because they don't know that God has already set it aside for them. That everything that you need, God did in Jesus and gave it to you already. Ephesians 1 says he's blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Past tense. It's already done it. It's already yours. Where is it in heavenly places. You might say, well, that's great that it's in heaven. Well, didn't Jesus teach his disciples to pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're supposed to bring heaven to earth. Even under the law, you read in Deuteronomy, it talks about days of heaven on the earth. That's what God wants you to experience. But if your spiritual perception has never increased, you'll never see those things, and you won't learn how to access those things. You won't see what is already prepared, and you won't see it on the earth. Do you know what one of the saddest moments in eternity will be for a Christian? Not for the unbeliever, but for a Christian. One of them, not the most sad thing but to get to heaven and see all the things they could have had on earth. They've been walking in the room saying, oh, God, is this my reward? It's like, oh, no, this was, the, this was what stuff I set up for you for earth. Do you really think God and all of his foreknowledge and wisdom didn't prepare for our life on earth? Out of his love, out of his goodness, out of his kindness, it's already prepared. It's already set up. It's already arranged, but we have to access it, and we have to walk in it. Because your life is hid with Christ and God. There are parts of your life you'll never see if you don't walk with Jesus. There are things you'll never experience if you don't walk with him that were always made available for you. Not everybody completes their calling. You know, listen to things that Bishop would say and her, Catherine Kuhlman Say the same thing. Says you know they said God. We weren't the first person God picked to do this mission. God picked others. They said no, but we said yes. So those people more likely are saved. They get to heaven, but they miss out on the reward of what was for earth and in heaven. But you know what happens to the people who say yes and end up doing multiple people's jobs? They get multiple people's rewards. But you have to see. You have to see things people can't see. See, he can go places people can't go. You can do things other people can't do, and you can get things other people can't get. But your spiritual perception has to be heightened in 2018. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. Because there are things today that are right now hidden from your eyes that God desperately wants you to see. People are like, well, what if God just spoke from heaven? I will know exactly what he wants me to do. No, you won't. Because if your spiritual perception is dimmed, you won't even get it if he speaks from heaven. I know that. And the ministry of Jesus. God spoke from heaven clearly. Jesus and his disciples heard it. It says, others said an angel spoke to him. Others said it thundered. So there's a crowd of people. A voice comes from heaven. Not everybody hears what it said. Spiritual perception. That's how people can come into the same experience, the same service, hear the same message and get different things. Where's your perception? And there are some things you have to grow up to get. There are some messages that it depends. You may be saved and only grown to God for a few weeks, and people may preach something, it's lost you. Good example, Brother Copeland. It is easy to get lost in his message especially if you just got saved yesterday. Now, what happens when you grow on God, you go back to listen to that message, you go, whoa, all this was in there? Yeah. You just weren't growing up to receive it. You have to go back and listen to things. You have to go back and grow. Your spiritual perception has to be heightened. And I think one of the reasons God talks to us about these things on Wednesday nights is because if you are pressing your way through traffic and you can get here on a Wednesday night, More than likely, you've grown up in God for a while. I look at a number of people in this room. Y'all have been saved and mature in Jesus for a while. And so you're able to get things the rest of the people can't get. Not everybody got the revelation that were in the crowd when Jesus taught. They got the message. The people who were closer, who had given their lives to the cause of Jesus, got the revelation. And it wasn't just the 12. It was at least 70 others. They could ask Jesus the questions. They got the deeper things because they walked with Jesus. It's great to be in the crowd. That's a great starting place. It just can't be where you end up. Even the 70 had a deeper degree of revelation. The 12 had a deeper degree. But those three had a deeper degree. But John had the most. Do you know how much John believed that Jesus would tell him stuff? When Jesus just clearly said to the rest, yeah, someone's going to betray me. And Jesus will say who it is. Do you know what John does? He leans on him and says, hey, you can tell me. John fully expected Jesus to tell him things he didn't tell the rest of the world. This is John's belief system at the very beginning of his walk with Jesus. It's only been three years. He fully believes Jesus will tell him things the rest of the world won't get. Why? His relationship. Even other times, you see the disciples, go send John to ask. Why? They believed Jesus will tell John stuff. Why? Walking with Jesus gives you a greater degree of perception, greater degree of understanding. Things that you may not even be able to put words to, you'll get. It's like, you know what? I don't have the words to it, but I know what was going on here. It's because you've been walking with him. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that comes to that, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. There are things concerning your life that is a mystery because it's hidden. There are steps for your life that are a mystery, it's hidden. There are things prepared for you that are hidden, they are mysteries to you. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained. Or prepared before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for if had they known, and they have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love them. That's a great scripture, but people stop too soon. There are things God has prepared for you because you love him. Things eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, has entered the heart of normal people. There are steps prepared. There are things prepared. There is a good life prepared. Ephesians 2.10 talks about the good life in the Amplified Classic Edition that God has prepared for the us. But it's like, oh, it'll be one great one day if I can see it. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, what might we know? The things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. There are things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. A lot of times people think for the Holy Ghost to tell you something, he has to grab you, shake you, throw you down, and yell at you. That's not the way you get things from the Holy Ghost. He's a gentleman. A lot of times we miss God talking because it comes as a still, small voice. There are times when I get different messages. It's not... Most of them aren't even in my prayer closet. I'm just out living life. And he says something. Gives me a picture of something. And then as I get close to it, it gets more and more clear. And so, what I do, I keep walking with them. he keep talking to me about it. I'll be out praying for people and they tell me stuff about them. I just walk along and I pray. I walk and pray. I walk a few miles, praying the Holy Ghost about things and people. And they'll tell me more things about them. But it's not some big, booming voice. It's quiet on the inside. you will keep increasing understanding. You have to learn how to get yourself quiet so you can hear from God. It's not just the noise on the outside. It's the noise on the inside. It's learning to tell your mind to shut up. It's learning to tell your feelings to shut up. It's learning to tell your stomach to shut up. So you can take time and hear from God and live open. Yes, I want God to talk to me while I pray, but I want him to talk to me throughout the day. So I just live open. I live expecting to hear from him, expecting for him to tell me things. So it could be Wednesday afternoon, and I have no idea what I'm going to preach Wednesday night. He's going to tell me before I get in that pulpit. If not, one of the other ministers may be ready so they hope he told you something. <laughs> but I just keep walking. Let's keep living. And then he'll tell me something. And then I share it. Why, I expect to hear from him. He's not going to stress me. out not going to bother me. He's going to say something. Expect to hear from him. He's going to tell me exactly what to do. We get close to some things we're doing next year. Yep, it's going to open up. He just keep walking even if you don't see it. Why? 2 Corinthians 5.7. We walk by faith. Not by sight. So while I'm walking this path that is prepared for me, I may not be able to see naturally the step in front of me. But if God told me to go that way, I'd do it anyways. That's the path of the blessing. Not everything that you can naturally see. Because even when you discover God's purpose for your life, God's plan for your life, there are many things you just won't know until you keep walking. And you'll learn more and more, step by step. Because if God told you everything on day one, number one, you'd be probably afraid and run away. But even if you stayed and said, I'll do it, that takes no faith because God already told you. It takes faith to take every step and for him to reveal you more and more. You take one step, then he tells you more about that step. And you begin to realize as you follow him more things he's called you to do. Because sometimes you'll go through a storm and you think, oh, That was just about me. No, that was about people on the other side of that storm. Because sometimes you go through a storm, and after you conquer it, God gave you a grace to take that to someone else. When Satan sent a storm to keep Jesus reaching from the other side of the Gadarenes, the whole region was changed once Jesus got there. Don't just think storms are about you. Satan can see your potential. And if you get to the other side, someone else is going to get free. That's why you have to get to the other side. Not just for you, but someone else depends on your testimony of victory. So yes, you're going to go through things. But when you get to the other side, someone else is going to be better for it. We start in Christianity, what can God do for me? But we grow up to see what can God do through me? Who else can I bless because I got to the other side? And yes, I'm going to make Satan pay. He dare mess with me. He's paying double, up to seven times, and the substance of his house. So I'm going to get to the other side. I'm going to get paid. But I'm going to get to the other side, and I'm going to change some lives. Nothing is wasted. What did Joseph tell his brothers? You meant this for evil, but God turned it for my good. You can go through things that Satan and the evil people meant to take you down, but you get to the other side. God has already restored you. God has already promoted you. God has already blessed you, and now God has set you to preserve people. Joseph's brothers tried to kill him. They thought they were done with them, but God changed their purpose, and Joseph preserved an empire. Think about this way. Jesus could not have gotten here if Joseph didn't go through what he went through. Why? How did God preserve the family of Jacob? Through Joseph. Joseph didn't realize, he didn't have the perception that while he was in the pit, he had to get out so Jesus could come. He didn't realize while he was in the prison, he had to get out the prison so that Jesus could come. You don't realize you have to get through what you're going through so that Jesus can come through you and bless somebody else. Our perception is so dim, we're just going around, what am I going through? What am I going through? Get your perception elevated and see, once I get through, Jesus is going to move through me and bless somebody else. It's not about will I get through, that's settled, I'm going to get through. It's who else is going to get blessed and get through because of me. Paul said it this way, he says, us apostles, we're like a theater. The whole world is watching our life. But even though Paul went through a lot, how many of you are grateful that Paul went through a lot? Because Paul went through, we can read what God told him, and we can get through. You have to upgrade your spiritual perception. We talked about a few weeks ago. Stop looking at what you have as not enough. Look at how what it can multiply. We used an example. We looked at an apple. Most people see apples; they see a snack, they see a meal. But if you looked at it, you could see trees. You can see an industry. You can see jobs and businesses. It's about what you see. Habakkuk 2.2 says, and The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it ended, shall speak and not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. That word vision is also translated mental sight or revelation. Proverbs 29, 18 says, "Right where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. When you're going in 2018, you have to have the correct vision. You have to know where you're going. You have to know your purpose. Why? That's mental sight. That's perception. That's revelation. Revelation about what? What God has put you on earth to do. What is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for you? There is a plan for you. There is a path for you. There are steps for you. There are things prepared just for you. You have to figure this out by walking with God and take the next step or else you'll have a lot of people. I see people make memes about it on Facebook. says, so, so where is that stuff the pastor promised me at the end of last year? It's still in heaven. You never got it. It's not that the word of God didn't come to pass. It's just you didn't get what God had already prepared. Where is my fabulous outpouring from heaven? It's still raining. You just been putting your umbrella up. It didn't change. And people think, well, Just because the year ended, that word ended. No. The fabulous outpourings are still going to continue into 2018. It's building. It's what the prophet says is going to be the year of a Holy Ghost and fire. One of the things the Holy Ghost told us two, two weeks ago, said it's going to be a year of fullness, a year of overflow, and a year of glory. If we know where to look. That means if you don't look in the right place, it won't be a year of fullness. will be a year of going, I don't have enough. It's like, how can it be overflow? I seemingly don't have enough. Where's the glory? It's Jeremiah 17. You're looking in the wrong place, and you're trusting in the wrong thing. When you go into 2018, you need to know two things, where you're going and where to look. You have to have the mental side. One of the things we're going to do on New Year's Eve, the morning portion, is we're going to do a message called Preparing for 2018. It's going to be one for the whole family where we're going to figure out what are we going to do as individuals and as families to go into 2018. What are your goals? What are your steps to get there? We're going to be teaching you how to do this and where to put it in your house so you just get happy in January about the new year and forget it in February. How many promises have you missed out on because you got excited in 20 beginning of the year and you forgot about it by the time the mid-year happened? It's like Mark chapter 4. They received the word with gladness or with a shout, and they had production. But after a while, when affliction and persecution came, it killed the production that came. How many people are like that when they hear the word of the Lord for the new year? They get excited. They shout. The production comes. A few months later, it disappears. Don't let that be you. Let your spiritual perception increase. Prepare yourselves for what God wants to say to you about 2018. In 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands them, how be it in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. In addition to praying that Ephesians one prayer, you need to take time and pray in the Holy Ghost. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. Father, what would you have me to do about next year? i to spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. Take time and pray in the Holy Ghost. And it doesn't mean while you're praying in the Holy Ghost, God will show you some, something right then. But when you need it, the interpretation will come. Your understanding will be enlightened. It will prepare you to hear the messages the right way. It will prepare your heart to hear what the Lord says through the man of God on New Year's Eve night. To prepare your heart for the things that we're going to teach in January. Because one of the things, you know, one of the things we get, the word of the Lord for 2018, then I ask God for a specific word for our congregation, what we're going to focus on. This year was the word launch. And we're going to continue to launch out into new things next year. But for 2018, it was the word horizon. And so I began to think about the word horizon, pray about that word, and look at definitions. And one of the things that's ringing in my heart right now is, There's so many things, we say something is on the horizon, it's right outside of someone's reach, it's something that's going to be here eventually, right? So many people leave things on the horizon for their entire life. One day it'll be here. Someday it'll get here. Not where it concerns us in 2018. We're going to get it. I'm teaching on Joshua in the promised land in January. We're going to get what God has for us. I was, going, I was thinking about Joshua 1.8 when God told him to not let the books of the law depart out of his mouth. And I was like, God, I get the principle about speaking the word. But what specifically, the books of the law, why did you want Joshua every day to read out loud and to think on and to roar and to mutter Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy? And then I got it. I know why. Do you want to know? Or do you guys want to wait to January? So I've been reading through the book of Exodus right now. And then summaries of the book of Leviticus, because if you just got saved yesterday, don't start with reading the book of Leviticus. You would discourage yourself. But when you read through Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, when you look at the tabernacle, you're thinking all these scriptures are talking about this big tent God wants to be built. But when you look at that big tent... You see how it was positioned? It was a cross. Then you look at the colors. See, the Pentateuch, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament, sit squarely on the four Gospels. Everything about that tabernacle pointed to Jesus. The altar pointed to Jesus. The sacrifices pointed to Jesus. The colors pointed to Jesus. Everything Joshua was reading was Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's meditating the books of the law. He's saying it again and again. He doesn't realize that even his name Joshua is going to be the name of the Messiah. So he's going over, saying it again and again and again. And right before he takes Jericho, guess who shows up? The captain of the armies of the Lord. He bows down, takes off his shoes, his holy ground. Now the angel of the Lord, this captain, is the only one in the Old Testament outside of, you see, the Father on the throne, able to receive glory. So it's not a normal angel. As most theologians believe, and I believe too, it's Jesus. So right before he takes Jericho, Jesus stands there ready for war. And Joshua will ask him, you for us or for our enemies? He said, Neither. What does that mean? You better get on Jesus' side. Abraham Lincoln said it this way it's not for us. It's not always thinking about is God on our side, but are we on God's side? Joshua had eyes that saw Jesus. Remember the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him? In 2018, you have to have eyes that see Jesus. that focus on Jesus, that nothing takes away your sight from Jesus. Because what happened to Peter when he walked on the water? As long as he looked at Jesus, he couldn't sink. But as soon as he got distracted, he began to sink. If you want to do the impossible in 2018, you have to keep your eyes focused on Jesus and have greater spiritual perception. You have to be in this word. Saying it every day, speaking it every day. Because God told him, if you do this, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. If you keep your eyes on Jesus and you do what Joshua did, as I'll teach you in January, you will make your way prosperous. You will make 2018 prosperous for you. And you will have good success. You want to pray, God prosper me, God prosper me, you've already prospered yourself. It's like the things we talked about a few weeks ago. You're praying for chairs and tables when God has given you trees. You're praying for things that God has already told you to do. But if you do these things we'll talk about over the next few weeks and in January, it's not a question will 2018 be prosperous for you. You're going to make it prosperous. And even things that happen they don't look like should happen for you, it'll turn to your good if you look at it the right way. You have to increase your perception, or you're going to miss it. Spending time in prayer, the Lord talks to me about the different things that are happening next year. And He kind of builds on the things that I remember last year, the Wednesday before Christmas, we had a night of worship. And at the end of the night of worship, I remember I laid hands on the praise team. But the Lord told me different things about the coming year, about the outpouring of the Spirit, what He was going to do. And then He said, it said, it said a random phrase that... You won't see it in the media, but don't worry about them. I'm going to judge them. And I'm like, what are you talking about you're going to judge the media? Well, dear God, we know now. God will tell you things to come. Why? Do you have to be a special prophet or pastor to hear that? No. Jesus said the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. And if you spend time listening to the Holy Ghost, he will show you those things. Prepare you so you're not caught off guard, but your perception has to increase. And I'll cut it off here. Stand to your feet, amen. Let's lift our hands and thank God for the word. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for the leading of your spirit. We thank you that you show us things to come. Help us to prepare for the end of this year and for 2018, that we've been walking the fullness of what you have for us, not a little. But fullness, we want to walk in the fullness of your plan. So help us keep our hearts sensitive, not make it hard. Help us not to be critical judgmental, but open to what you would have for us to do. New things, new things. God's going to have some of you guys do new things you haven't done before, new ways you haven't seen it done before. But it's part of the steps he prepared for you before the foundations of the world. So you have to follow the leading of the Spirit as you do these new things. Don't just find out what to do, find out how to do it. And as you do those things, you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Every head bow, everybody close in prayer. I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart, we believe you've been born again. We ask that you email us at info at FCCGA.com. That's FCCGA.com to let us know about the decision you've made for Christ today. Have an amazing day.